Alright, here we go. I'm going live. And I think everything is good. Uh, except for you. There we go. and I believe here we go okay everyone good afternoon sorry about the delay everyone here in beautiful Beverly Hills at the Fogarty Chow facility very nice place place that's nice and near and dear to me hello Okibites good seeing you hopefully you guys can hear me properly and for those of you on YouTube thank you so much for joining us and staying in touch with everything we do we're once again taking advantage of this wonderful environment here place that's near and dear to me actually got married here which is pretty crazy SB, it's time. Yes, hello, Eden Good from the UK. Thank you so much for joining. Diburgi, very interesting name. Good seeing you. Good afternoon. Pura, hello, my partners. CYC, hello as well. What's up, single cam racer? I cannot mode do a burnout inside this restaurant. <laughs> That'd be quite difficult to do. Good afternoon, R35. Front, side, crook. What's good? This facility I'm in. Um, thank, shout out to DK for sending this all the way from Europe. It's a pretty cool t-shirt that glows in the dark with a Porsche on it. And, ah, good seeing you. Kobari, good afternoon. Packer, how are you? And for those of you who may not see, my good friend Stan is here all the way from PCA, as you can see right there. There he is, great chap. And we'll be doing a wonderful event at the uh, Flying Museum of Flying in Santa Monica very soon. Look out for a post on my feed on details on that. I'd love to have you guys come out. Um, have I built a Dubai-style dune climber yet? Not quite. Not quite, but that's actually a pretty good thing. Where are the hoes? <laughs> the hoes aren't here. You're too funny. Thank you so much. Greetings from Portland. Good seeing you in Portland, Oregon in the house. Thank you so much. EFN 90s, I'll be more than happy to. But you know who does have a sponsorship open right now? I think it's the end of summer sponsorship. Uh, my partners at Pure All. So if you hit them up, I think they're here somewhere as well. Pure USA, they can by all means take care of you. Hello, Sarmaine, good seeing you. How fast is my Odyssey? If you mean top speed, I haven't explored that. You know, it's not a very aerodynamic vehicle, but it makes a lot of power and doesn't do well when from a standing start. But in a rolling start, the thing is really freaking fast, which is pretty nice, you know? Most comfortable use daily under 20K. Daily under 20K, fun and comfortable. You may think I'm crazy, but I'll say it's a Porsche Cayman. So the 987 Porsche Cayman is one that I like a lot. It's, I have two of those things, especially the Cayman S. They are awesome cars, comfortable enough to drive daily, very prestigious, very fun because it's a mid-engine. It's something I love so much, you know? I'm building a twin-charge single cam. Need your advice. Well, here's the thing to do. You want to begin with a proper foundation. So it's very important that you choose the right parts. The weak point of the single cam is the connecting rod. So. If you want to have a lot of fun with that, you want to make sure you have some proper rods. We have some that are very cost effective on our site. Valve train is also very important because you know those engines are mostly very old nowadays. So the valve train has been through quite a lot. So you definitely want to take advantage of the valve springs we have on the site. I think our valve spring is like 130 bucks. It's very cost effective. Greaser, good seeing you. And also engine management. It's very important that you control your entire setup with an engine management solution that's very reliable and then protect the entire investment with good oil. Very, very, very important. So I hope that helps. NY Boosted, New York in the house. Nothing special. I'm here in Beverly Hills at Fogo de Chao, which is a very wonderful restaurant. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. They have wonderful cuts. My favorite is the picanha, which is amazing. And I also love the beef rib. It's 
ridiculous. And this place is fantastic. Um, they're just about to open up and allow a bunch of people in, which is really fantastic. And for lunch, I think they're open to 2.30. So if you're in the area, come on down and have a fun with it, you know? Any tips for an O4 Civic? Yes, they're quite a bit. If you can upgrade to TSX K24 and then use a proper engine management solution, it's a huge cost-effective upgrade to that engine. K20 is cool, but a K24 really makes that thing fly, you know? Any experiences building the VQ35 engine? I haven't built one in myself, but I've tuned quite a few and designed components like pistons and valve train for them. But I haven't built one myself in-house, which I'd love to, but I haven't done that yet. I don't have a relationship with Nissan, but when I do, it'd be great. Patman13 is asking, are you a fan of the RWB style? I love what Nakai has done and the team. We've built, I think, maybe six RWBC motos together. One was naturally aspirated, the rest were turbocharged, and I like their style. It's almost like an old school, if you think of the aggressive old school GT track cars that Porsche had in the days where it was kind of a 930, 934, 935 kind of setup, but more of a 934.5 look, or the old RSR look, it seems to be exaggerated there, so I like that. What I prefer to see is more RWB cars on the track. Now in Japan, they have a circuit where they do quite a bit of racing out there with the Cayenne team. But in the US, I don't see much of anyone tracking those cars. They should, it has the look, we provide the power to match the looks, and there's an opportunity definitely for some great exposure and opportunity to, to really show what those cars can do on the track. So if you have an RWB car, you plan on getting an RWB car, put those things on track where they belong. It'd be great, you know? Would I rather fight Danger Dan or Brian Scrotto? Probably Danger Dan. <laughs> Brian is a big dude. He's really, really tall. So it may be a little more difficult to get him to the mat. So maybe Danger Dan will be the one to fight with. But I'll ask both of them when I'm with Hoonigan because we're going to do a lot of things with Hoonigan this year. We have some Hyundai offers coming out. And there's this crazy Porsche that I'm building for the Toyo booth. By all means, if you're at SEMA this year, come out and look at this crazy Porsche I'm building. And it'll also be at Hoonigan very soon as well, which is pretty exciting, you know? Oh, uh, let me see. Gallo 12 or Gallo 24 for my EF patch? I do not know. That's an interesting question. How's the center seat Porsche doing? Doing absolutely fantastic. We have two in-house. We have the red one, which was the prototype. We have the black one, which we did with a combination between Mattel and or Hot Wheels and Momo last year. And we have a third one we're building this year that will be in the Dynapack booth. So it's a very wonderful project because it allows you to experience everything that Porsche wanted with a mid-engine and making it dare I say, even more Porsche, making it more exciting, giving it more balance, and taking advantage of all the technology that Porsche gave to us as enthusiasts, and having this vehicle that's so forgiving and just fun on the track. It's amazing indeed, you know? Hello, Fox Design, good seeing you. Um, could you briefly describe how a CVT transmission functions and what are the recommendations on purchasing a vehicle with CVT? Well, AJ says CBT is rubbish, it's garbage, but here's what it does. In essence, think of a large pulley and a smaller pulley. And think of being able to have maybe a third one in place that can actually extend the rubber band that goes around those pulleys. What it does, in essence, a constant velocity transmission, what it does in essence is give infinite gear ratios. So it allows you to have a fairly simplified gearbox and gear ratios that allow you to take advantage of a very flat torque curve and varying speeds without the complexity of different gears. The challenge is the earlier designs of CVT used belts that not, weren't very advanced. So they tend to stretch, they tend to break. Late model cars tend to have better CVTs. You can gear it in such a way to give you great gas mileage and performance. You can change gear ratios at liberty using computer system to adjust. 
and give you the talk that you desire. So it's very good. The challenge is if you have a dyno like my own that re relies on a fixed gear, it's a bit of a challenge. And since you're using, you know, for lack of a better word, belts, very similar to what you may see in a supercharged that's non-cogged, you can have issues when you start putting a lot of power into CVTs. So not a, no matter what, a geared gearbox is good. That's why I love what, you know, we've seen a lot from Porsche, where they have the um, very nice gearboxes that explore dual clutches and gears, um, the PDKs, which are very robust, but give you the ability to drive with two pedals. It's really a good way to go, and it shifts very quickly as well. Yes, Chuck, I am here at Fogo de Chao. You know, concept that was based in Brazil, very large entity now, and they're scattered all over the United States. And it's absolutely a fantastic, you know, facility. I, my part, we had a wedding reception here um, about eight years ago, and I love these guys. It's a great facility indeed. So if you're ever in the LA area, this one on right here in La Cienega is fantastic. This is the Beverly Hills location. And I love the team here. They've always been very kind to me and the team as well. It's great. Thank you so much, the original Sasshole. Interesting name. Says that he loves our work. I appreciate the kind of words. The best is yet to come, you know? Make thermal gaskets for the manifold for the F22B1. Cheers from Costa Rica. Thank you so much, Fabian FG. Unfortunately, we made quite a few of those and they didn't sell very well. So I'm very gun shy on making more. So maybe if the demand dictates, I'll make some more. But at this time, I don't have any plans of making the intake heat shielding gaskets for the F22B or F22A, you know? Hey, BC, we ever come to the East Coast, specifically New York City? Well, I was kind of close to you when we filmed that Hyperdrive show recently. Um, we were in Rochester, New York. I know it's a bit of a, not quite a stone throw from New York City, but I've been to the East Coast quite a bit, and I've been this year, and I'll be a little bit east in the December timeframe for PRI. But if I do come to New York, great place. We have a lot of followers and a lot of fans out there. I will make sure I let you guys know, which is pretty nice, you know? Budget Unlimited, would you rather be an E30 or an Evo? Oh, uh, E30. You can't go with E30. Sam's laughing. He's greeted with me. E30 is the way I go. Now, unless you're talking 911, Porsche, Evo. But I think you mean Mitsubishi Evo. But definitely E30 will be the way to go. I love E30s. There's something about E30 that's so classic, especially if it's the M, the M version. Hard to find nowadays. Those things have held value like crazy. It's, it's amazing. They're amazing vehicles. Beautiful cars. Beautiful cars, you know? Neo Garage has a great question. He asks, hey BC, thoughts on a long rod all-motor quarter-mile build? Here are my thoughts on that. Anything that allows me to maintain dwell at top dead center to allow me to really take full advantage of any mechanical energy that a combustion chamber provides, anything that gives me nice dwell on the bottom to allow me to stir that cinder very nicely, I'm all for. My experience has shown with a lot of experimentation and a lot of articles that have supported this, that the longer the rod you can stuff into an engine, the more torque and horsepower you can make, even reliably. You have less side loading, which means you have a lot more reliability. On all of my, you know, on, on my own drag engine, I run a two-ring piston. Yes, there are advantages in running two rings to have less friction, and light opportunity to create less heat, less inject, and also to create more power because of less friction, but it allows me to stuff a long rod. I even go to a smaller 708 pin just to allow me the opportunity to explore a very long rod. So imagine me building an F22 drag setup with a six inch rod, that's what I do. Because I'm trying to improve my rod ratio, which does wonderful things. So for quarter mile, eighth mile, street, and even half a mile, you cannot go back wrong with a long rod. Stuff the longest rod you can in there. There are advantages, huge advantages to that. What would your all motor K-series drag engine consist of? Wow, for first, I would pay a lot of attention to the head. 
So it would be, had to be intensely modified because that holds the highest potential power. My ports would be absolutely fantastic. I'll find that sweet spot between velocity and cross, I would say, cross-sectional area. I would have very aggressive camshafts. Don't be surprised if I hover in the 600 lift range. I'll definitely use Kinzer ITBs with stage injection because I want to take full advantage of the offset injectors and optimization that comes from pulling that injector far back. Compression is my friend. And as I'm talking to you guys, I'm gonna grab one of these cool cheese breads from Fogo here. This is good. Mmm, that's good. Okay, so. Mm. I usually have my engines set up about 16 and a half to one compression. So I would do that. I run in a fuel that has high chloride content, like um, methanol, which would be great. I see a lot of people are adding the sauce nowadays, which is adding a little bit of nitro, but I like to keep things old school and original. Stroke-wise, because displacement is amazing, and with also using a long rod, I cannot put my rod ratios into a bad place. My displacement, I'll probably have my stroke definitely north of 103, 105, and that'll be a fun, fun setup. And a custom header, of course. Four to one, step primaries, three steps. I'll probably go from, hmm, one three quarter to one and seven eight to two inch, and then merge it with a collector with a built-in venture. That's what I'll do. And that should be a fun setup. And of course, I'll control it with AM Infinity. That's what I would do, you know? Um, which engine is better for Honda, J35 or the Nissan? Oh, which is better, the J35 or VQ35HR? It depends on who's building it. So we've had the opportunity to build, make a lot of power, easily four figures with the J35. People have done some damage with VQs as well. I like the cam control on the VQ and also the configuration on the lower crank, meaning the main caps on the VQ seem they can take a little bit more abuse. But both are good engines. You cannot go wrong with either one. Kato Inferno says I should build an Audi. Hmm. Let me think about that as I, as I eat some more bread. This is really good. <laughs> I should be eating. It's a lot of carbs in there. I shouldn't be eating this, but. Um. If I ever have a relationship with Audi, I'll definitely explore that. That shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Mm. Oh, good question from Junior B210. Do you still make gas that smell like grapes? <laughs> I haven't in a long time. Remember, for those of you who don't know, years ago when I used to do a lot of drag racing, when I was still a student, I couldn't afford, actually I didn't want to spend the money on getting a, a high octane fuel that was commercially available. At the time it was like, I think it was like $7 a gallon or $9 a gallon. When I was a chemical engineering student, I can just make my own fuel. So what I did was I went and used regular Chevron 91. I added tetraethyl lead as a anti-knock agent. I added some toluene to also stabilize that as well. And a little bit of benzene, even though it's a very strong carcinogen, allowed me to really get the octane I needed. And then people ask me, hey, what fuel are you running? I'm like, I made my own thing. Well, people complain and protest me like, oh, business makes his own fuel, he's cheating. I said, you know what, just to piss you guys off, I'm gonna add an ester. An ester is something that a lot of manufacturers use, and let's say Hawaiian Punch. When you're drinking Hawaiian Punch and they say it's only 5 to 10% juice, yeah, the rest of those are esters. And you can actually create an ester by taking a very, um, I would say, a low density hydrocarbon oil, something with very weak chains, add a little bit of acid to it to break the chains down, and it changes the smell. And the amount of the carbon chains that are broken down can create a different smell. And this human range of smell is very narrow so you don't have to add too much to get a different smell so I, I did grape I did cherry 
I tried to do chocolate, but it didn't come out right. It smelled really bad. Hedy's laughing at me because it came out really bad. And then I added it to my fuel, and since it's a hardened carbon base, it could also ignite. And I remember going to Palmdale, start my car, and it smelled like grapes, and people were really upset. Well, I guess the sanctioning body got wind of that and banned me entirely from doing that. Um, you know, the irony is I went to a commercially available fuel after that and got faster. So they probably should have left me alone as a student to do my own fuel. Anyway, so, no, I haven't done that in a very long time, which is pretty interesting, you know? Um, can we all just praise Shredder's driving on Hyperdrive? That guy was a soldier. Yes, he was, I then. Shredder was good. And not only was a soldier and a great driver, he was a swell guy when the show. Very nice guy. Hello, 27Toyo. Good seeing you. So many questions, so little time. Which is great. Um, let's see. Yes, thank you so much, ITB Kevin, for sharing that. Yes, same appointment is the way to go. Do you miss the early 2000s? Asked AJ Warren. Tuner scene in SoCal. I remember seeing your build in street racing movie. I forgot the name. Yes, um, AJ, I do. But on the same token, one thing I do miss is camaraderie and how aggressive things were and the ability for us to figure things out then. You couldn't just buy things commercially back, you know, in the early 2000s as you can now. But what I love today is the technology that we have access to. What I love today is how there are more, and we talk about the Porsche community, I'm representing with this cool Porsche shirt, right? There's more Porsche enthusiast opportunities nowadays than there were in the early 2000s. And there's more advancements in technology, in materials, uh, my rapid prototyping machine works almost 24-7 because it allows me to really create things instead of just figuring it out and drawing it via drafting. I can now do things via CAD and then create it and fit it before we produce. It's just a great time to exist. And then to be able to interact with you in this forum is even more fantastic. So, fantastic. So think about it. Back in the 2000s, if we had a race or a show, you had to wait a month for the magazines to cover it. Now. You can see my run on the racetrack as I'm doing it live. How cool is that? So, as much as I miss the 2000s, I appreciate today. I appreciate 2019 plus. Hello, Boosted Motorsports. Good seeing you. Yeah, Chris. 16 and a half to one. That's my magic number when it comes to my NA stuff. Okay. Oh my God, so many questions, you know. Make the wagon rear-wheel drive and bring it to hyperdrive. You know, that's a good idea. <laughs> but you know what? I committed the wagon to another show. So let's say if the other show doesn't take the wagon, then maybe that's something I should do, you know? Jin is saying, back in 2000, no traction control and no boost by gear. Actually, you could have boost by gear back then. There are other ways to do it. And traction control, what we did in 2000s was what is known as slew rate. And slew is where you can assign a certain delta in time versus RPM. And if you exceed that delta of RPM over time, you can use a soft rev limit to bring it down and control your wheel spin. So what does that mean? You can do a perfect run, data log it. And you saw how much your RPM went up over time. You can draw a curve by that, and the old MSD Digital 6 allowed you to do that. That was from the 2000s. You draw that curve, and if you ever exceed that acceleration, your ECU or your Digital 6 at the time would initiate a soft rev limit and keep you great, you know, which is very nice. So you have some, some great stuff. Hello, Trent, good seeing you. Hello, Fast Lacan. Um, so, oh, Bumon is asking, did we tune the NSX? You have no idea what we have coming for the NSX. It is some sick stuff. So, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much. We are in Accra almost every month. So, some amazing things are coming, Vermont. So, Vermont Smog Test, send me a DM. Maybe I'll leak a little bit with you. 
and let you know what we have going with the NSX. But it's some exciting stuff indeed, you know? Thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate that, you know? Carry OD2 is saying, could you explain dumb coils versus small coils? You said dump, but I mean, you mean dumb coils versus small coils. Well, here's the thing. Dumb coils do not have built-in igniters. You need a separate device, a separate igniter to be able to send a signal to allow the dumb coil to discharge. Small coils have the coil windings and igniter built in. So all you have to do is send a five volt signal, boom, and ignites. I like small coils because they're very user-friendly to install. But a lot of the Porsche, a lot of VAG stuff that we do, um, sometimes we have to have a separate, to use the factory coils, we have to have a separate igniter, igniter system. I like small coils. Especially the ones that AM makes, the IGBT, that thing, I joke a lot, it can ignite water. Some amazing stuff, you know? Steve is asking, how did you get the idea of building an Odyssey? Great question. Well, I love speed. Uh, I had a new growing family. And we were having discussion, the family and I were having discussion with uh, John Yoshinaga from Honda. And we came up with the concept of, hey, why don't we do an Odyssey where we can have something that's fast and also very versatile for the family. And after that discussion with John, we brought it to fruition. It came, came to life. I'm like, oh, I know what to do. And then we made it happen. But I wanted something that was very sleeper, but with a little peek of what lay underneath the hood, which was that little intercooler you see. So I kept the whole body the same, everything great, but I had the opportunity to once again, give a little taste. The shifter, the intercooler, it's really cool. I love doing that project. A lot of work, but it was great, you know? Hello, Ephraim, good seeing you. My pleasure indeed. Hot Wheels Pappy, good afternoon. Hope all is well. Packer says, I love Tech Tuesday. Your fans know how to pull such knowledge from you. It's amazing, thank you so much. And honestly, I wasn't born with this knowledge. It's a lot of hard work, trying error, a lot of blowing up of engines, a lot of experimentation, I'm just, this is a accumulation of my experiences. And as you can see, there's a lot of activity going on back there. I'm here in Beverly Hills at the wonderful Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse on La Cienega. And thank you so much for the team here at Fogo for allowing this to happen. I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity for us to have this Tech Tuesday here. Um, Aunt Crew says, I know his or her boss. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Um, Civic SI91 said, BCMO, sponsor my Civic SI. Let's put a BCMO logo on my Civic. I'll be more than happy to help you. Let me know what you need. DM me. Or better yet, write to us at lab at bcmo.com, L-A-B at bcmo.com. Let me know what you have to offer. And if it's a great deal where we both can benefit, I'll be more than happy to sponsor you. Remember last time, we are at AEM, and we talked about what sponsorship is about. I keep looking at this cheesy bread. This is so good. Uh, <laughs> it was laughing at me. It's so good. Um, by all means, right now, we'll make it happen. It's so good. I need some meat or something. Anyway, um, they're laughing because I said I need some meat. Hello, Trent. Mm, mm. Jim Gigatan said, I still need some Visa Motor race gloves and steering wheels. Hmm. I need to talk to Mom about that. That's one of our good partners. Mm. Zoo Physique Fitness. Zoo Hey. Hey, physics fitness says, what a brother, saw you sitting in the shadows on the hyperdrive. Yes, I was getting hyperdrive and also one of the spotters for a team. So if you remember the cool orange 240Z, I think it was from 1972 that had the LS swap. Why is everyone laughing? I must be missing something here. I was a spotter for that car. It was really set up as a drag car. When we went to that show, we did not know. We didn't know what kind of race. None of us knew. And then when we finally saw the entire course, we're like, oh, great. Drifters are going to love this. So 
we were freaking out with our drag setup LS swapped Z. And then the guys who came out with the Lambo were like, oh, great, we have to find a way to disable all wheel drive. All of us were running health to skeleton trying to find out. And the drift guy was like, oh, we got this. <laughs> so it was a fun job. But guess what? I think they signed up for season two. So I guess now the cat's out of the bag. So now everyone knows what the show's about. So most drifters will be there having a lot of fun. And you know who won? Someone from Brazil. How cool is that? Yo, welcome, Mike. Good seeing you. Sal, STI Project, my neighbor. I love seeing you as well. You have a wonderful family. Thank you so much for being who you are. You know? I've been following your career, says Pookie Paper 170. How do, how do I get to before Fast and Furious came on the scene? I remember you in Super Street Magazine. You're the man. Thank you so much. Well, it was really great. One thing about the whole Fast and Furious movie franchise, it did wonderful things for the industry. But the sad thing is that it kind of created a lot of opportunity where people felt they could just street race. And it became very dangerous very quickly. So I wasn't too happy about that. Oh, James is here. That's pretty interesting. Hello, High Class Customs. Good afternoon. Ah, James is here. Um, oh, you did? Okay, I'll take a look at that Ant crew. Sent the contact information about who his boss is. Is JDM D16A a good engine for tuning? It's an okay engine. Not a lot of aftermarket support. Um, the D17A, I like the crankshaft and displacement. The head is okay, but there's not much aftermarket support. So if you love the challenge of creating product yourself, go for it. It's an engine that you can have a lot of fun with. If not, and you want something with a lot of support, you may want to go with a Z6, D6 Z6 engine. That has a ton of aftermarket support, you know? Oh, stop it, you guys. Um, let's see. Stevie K3 says, I love the Odyssey. Thanks for the feedback. The front end of the Odyssey is very mean with a peaking intercooler. Best of both worlds. Can only imagine people laughing, getting beat by, by a harmonica. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, Vanity. Thank you so much indeed, you know. Hello, Louie. Nothing special. Just here living the life in Fogo de Chao in Beverly Hills. Um, oh, thank you so much, Louie. You're too kind. Appreciate the kind words, you know. Would you bring the Odyssey out to one of the event culture events? I'd love to, as long as it happens after SEMA. Something that a lot of people don't know, we have five cars to build before SEMA. SEMA is in about seven weeks. Guess how many are done? None. See, Stan knows what's up. None of them are done. So I am pretty much dead to the world until SEMA. I have a couple events. There's the event I'm doing with PCA, the LA chapter, at the... Fly Museum in Santa Monica in a couple weeks. Oh, no, no, week, next week. I'm saying a couple weeks. Next week. This coming Sunday. Um, then I have another Zuffenhausen event the following week after. After that, I am, that's the only time, that's my mini vacation. After that, I'm on lockdown. See, I just said lockdown. I'm on lockdown, you know? And James, you need to be there. You need to be there. You need to be at both events, this Sunday and the one after. Um, I don't know what happened at good to his car. I, didn't, I don't know at all. You know, Jay Contreras says, I am his or her hero. His hero. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. You know, miles on 85 before oil change, pure versus others. Oh, Jim, Jim being is kind. That's a great idea. Cause I, great question. Cause I've tested myself. A lot of commercially available oils do not handle E85 very well at all. On E85, I've done four to 5,000 miles hard. And that's bearing in mind that I don't have rubbish blow by on my setup. So if you have very, very loose end gaps, then, you know, that has to, one moment. Okay, we can hear you. We can hear you. Um, so that, that being said, um, if you have wide end gaps, then it's a challenge. But if not, you can get away with five to six thousand miles. Yeah. You know. 
Seema Crunch, amen, absolutely, you know. Oh, have a great day as well, I did good. I have a few more minutes before I have to get away as well. Hi Rev Zeke, nothing special. I'm actually here doing a wonderful Tech Tuesday. My friend from Fogo de Chao invited us here. So how dare I say no to a wonderful Brazilian steak of different variety. And also preparing for the wonderful event that's happening at the Flying Museum, uh, Museum of Flying I should say, in Santa Monica with our friends from the Porsche Club of America. This Sunday, you must come out. Wonderful event. Even if you don't own a Porsche, come out. Drool, dream, love. One thing about the Porsche community, there is great camaraderie there. And they are welcome to all enthusiasts. So by all means, come out, have a good time. I will post later on today a nice flyer about it to give you a reminder. And I'll post even the day before and the day of. Come out, we're gonna have a good time. Hmm? Yes, I hope to meet you as well, Hot Wheels Poppy, at the show. Um, what Porsche will I be bringing? Well, that's for me to know and for you to find. I'm kidding. Um, put it this way, it's a Porsche that is extremely popular. It may be represented on this shirt and has some updates to it. So if you want to see those updates, what I did new to the very interesting Porsche that's very iconic for my brand, you need to come out and see it firsthand, you know? Hyrule Zeke, oh, you missed what I said earlier. He's asking, are you developing any parts on the new NSX yet? Yes, I am. So that being said, if you want to find out what I'm doing, DM me and I'll let you know, give you a little tidbit. But I love the new NC1. It is an amazing, amazing exotic vehicle. I'm shocked that it's not moving the way it should. And maybe Acura is being very subtle with their marketing efforts, but in terms of technology, there's nothing that comes close to it in that price range at all. Imagine, for less than 180,000, you get the technology that's in the P1, that's in the Enzo. I mean, you get a hybrid combined with internal combustion engine twin turbo. It's amazing. You have different modes, you can drive, and as you're driving and turning the dynamic mode, it's like throwing out a small camshaft, putting a big one. It's like throwing out your quiet exhaust, putting out power exhaust. It's like, and the track mode and launch control is amazing. We spanked, I mean, Hedy here drove a bone stock NC1 NSX and spanked, I mean, not even beat, but spanked a Dodge Hellcat. Destroyed it. How cool is that? Fucking crap. Anyway, when and where's the next Porsche meet? This weekend, Museum of Flying, Santa Monica. You cannot miss it. You need to be there. What time does the event start then? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. prompt. And you know, Porsche guys are not like sport combat guys. When they say 9 a.m., they mean 9 a.m. It's not 9 a.m., 1 o'clock. 8.55, be there, and you'll be good. But it's going to be an amazing, this meet is ridiculous. The best of the best cars there are going to be there. Hello, LA Dismantler. Oh, I owe you guys an email, don't I? Thank you so much. We did a Tech Tuesday there. I love you guys and team at LA Dismantler. They are my place to go to when I need parts for my Porsche. Especially when I need gearboxes and body parts and induction parts and they have everything there, which is right, you know? Yeah, LA Dismantler said they get there at seven. <laughs> they do. Porsche guys are hardcore. We had a meet once at our facility and I think we were supposed to start at 7 a.m. That's when we were supposed to start. People there at 5 a.m. They're hardcore. I love Porsche enthusiasts. They're amazing. Hello, Bayside Supra. Well, that being said, oh my God, it's almost time for me to part. Um, yeah, they do get there at seven. So guys, thank you so much for joining me here at Fogo de Chao in Beverly Hills. We had a great time. Thank you for the team from the Porsche Club of America, LA chapter from coming out and joining us here as well. Team Fogo, you guys are great hosts. I really appreciate that. Any comeback on Racing Hondas again? I never left. 
but I just love all cars. Think of me of the um, African Jay Leno who loves all cars. How about that? Everyone's laughing at me. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. We're water spilled here and everything. Anyway, have a great day, everyone. Nitro, good seeing you. Take care. Cheers. Have a good afternoon. Bye bye. You are awesome. <laughs> oh my God. That was awesome.